What's up, everyone? So I had to make this podcast super fast because I just found out some stuff. I was writing a blog about the fact that the legislature and the governor should have used the pandemic influenza uh, revised codes or the pandemic influenza procedure to address the uh, the COVID virus, right? Because in RCW 7026-010, it says that pandemic influenza is a global outbreak of disease that occurs when a new virus appears in the human population, causes serious illness, and then spreads easily from person to person. That's literally the definition the legislature gave to pandemic influenza. So pandemic influenza has this entire spiel behind it. Like there is an entire um, response that is enacted when they declare a pandemic influenza. So what they have to do, part of the rules is they have to come up with a response plan. So their response plan, which I believe was created in 2019 when I last checked on this document, um, the initial phase of the response plan which is considered no human-to-human transmission of the virus. The Department of Health Activity Center on Increased Disease Monitoring, coordination with international, federal, state, and regional and local partners, emergency preparedness planning, and public education programs. So, like, they gear up in the initial phases. So, basically, when... um, I don't feel maybe this this phase might not even have happened in COVID because it went from someone ate... A raw bat in Wuhan or whatever that false story was, uh, because we all know it was gain of function at this point. So that's a whole nother blog. But anyway, <clears throat> so in a pandemic alert phase, according to this plan, virus occurs in limited areas of a country outside of the U.S., with human to human transmission. So once we knew that was happening, they should have popped off with the pandemic influenza response, which the agency will increase plan coordination with partners and stakeholders and initiate broader public outreach efforts. The agency may also stockpile antiviral medications if available for people who provide vital services and for people in high risk groups as determined by federal reclamations. I shit you not. It says that it says that I put it in the blog. The blog is entitled what's the difference between pandemic influenza emergency and COVID-19 emergency in Washington state, just the law and access to antivirals. No big deal. So yeah, that's, that should have been the route that we went as we can clearly see. So our, incompetent governor legislature and public agencies clearly have no idea what they were supposed to be doing so when i was researching for this blog i found crazy even crazier stuff i had to interrupt the blog just to let everybody know the stuff i had found so 3405350, revised code 3405350. If you go to that code and you just click on it, at first it's like, mm, I don't know what it's saying. Uh, so I know what it's saying, but I don't know what it's in reference to. So just click on 34. If you even start out at the original RCWs, uh, start out and go all the way to 34, you can kind of see the context of what you're working with. 34 is administrative law in the RCW codes.
you click on that, you got three options. Administrative Procedure Act. This is an act. Okay, this is not like, uh, this is different. So in the context of laws, uh, you have case law, which is at the bottom. You have uh, state law, which would be WAC and RCW. And then you have your acts, okay? And then you have your constitution. So this is a little bit more, it's like an RCW code, but an act at the same time. It's sort of hard to explain, but you'll find that when you're looking at federal acts, for instance, the Civil Rights Act also corresponds with a United States Federal Code 42. So this is exactly what's going on here. Uh, so with this code, I'm just going to click on 3405 Administrative Procedure Act, and we're going to look at that. Part 1, General Provision. So it gives definitions, and this is always like these are standard um, formatting for these type of acts and stuff like that. Explain what it's about, who it pertains to, what's going on, you know, stuff like that. Uh, part two is public access to agency rules. Okay. Part three is rulemaking procedures. Part four is adjudicative proceedings. Part five, judicial review and civil enforcement. Part six, legislative review. Part seven, technical provisions. So this is basically how, this is how people are supposed to act. This is what you're supposed to do. So we're looking in context now at 3405350. So we'll go to 3405 and then we'll look for 350. 350 happens to be under the rule making procedures. This is for all administrative. This is like an everyone is covered by this. So we can find out who cover who's covered by going to the general provisions, which I will go over, but I haven't gone over yet. So I just want to point out that this rule is very important for us to know because this rule has been ignored and that, and we can't have this. So emergency rules and amendments. This is the administrative procedure act for rulemaking procedures in an emergency. So emergency rules and amendments. Now I'm going to go through, if you guys are pulling this up at the same time, you'll see what this code looks like. But what I'm going to go through and give you is the revised version of this code. So you understand exactly what it's saying. So this code is essentially, we're going to break it all the way down for good. If an agency and an agency is listed in this code, if you scroll down, sorry for bouncing around, um, but I want you guys to be able to understand what an agency is. Uh, if you go to, let's see, within seven days, the department listed. Okay, so if you go to number three on this code and it says 4317010, if you click that, it'll pull up the department's created. These are your agencies. These are agencies of the people. So all these agencies are what they're referring to when they're talking about agencies. Okay. So we need to establish that because that was kind of like groundwork that you needed to know. Okay. So if one of those agencies for good cause finds 
that an immediate adoption or an immediate creation of a rule or law is necessary to preserve public health and safety, the legislative process takes too long and would hurt the public health and safety, then they can create that law. If it takes too long to do the legislative process and too many people will die in the meantime, then they can create that law, okay? So the second thing that they can do is it, the second um, reason, so this is what they can do if there's good cause, right? So the second thing they can do is um, they can, if there's like a federal law or deadline or funds that require a new law made quickly. So like if we're in a flood and we need to meet the deadline for a particular funding that will help us get through that flood or just even funding in general, we can make a law real quick that says that we can extend that deadline or something like that uh, just to be able to meet the deadline during a flood or emergency or whatever is happening, right? Because these are emergency laws. Okay, so the third one is um, if they require reductions or appropriations and like a bunch of other crazy stuff that has to do with like fiscal needs and money during an emergency. So the agency can only find one of those things or a combination of two or three, but they can't find nothing else under this law, okay, to create an emergency law for. There's no other reason they can create emergency law. They're bound by these three things to create emergency laws. And good cause will be defined by case law. So even if there's no other case law that is talking about COVID virus, blah, 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 you can find what good reason or good cause means in Washington state, according to the previous cases that have been tried for good cause, if any, there may not be any. And let's keep in mind, the governor is not a freaking agency. The governor is the governor. He's not a goddamn agency. So he cannot take agency power in this emergency rulemaking process. He cannot steal, he cannot usurp, that's my favorite new word, usurp. He cannot usurp legislative or agency powers during an emergency. This is, an emergency has a bifurcated response. The bifurcated response is, on one hand, you have the governor. The governor is able to keep people safe by saying, you guys need to be in by eight o'clock. Um, I don't want nobody out of their house at night. So let's say in responding to the pandemic, my response would have been this if I were governor. So first of all, y'all some nasty bastards. So after 10 o'clock, y'all can't go to the bars. Nobody's going to the bars. We're not doing none of that. Okay. I would have gave everybody the 10 o'clock and you got to go home. Uh, everybody needs to make sure that if they're going to be around, I would have gave the social distancing because that's kind of a good idea. Um, I would have told everybody to social distance. I would, which is not really, it's, it's like really more you would ask them to do that. Can you guys just make sure you stay away from each other? Stay away from people that's funky. Stay away from people that's coughing. You don't want to inhale that shit. If you want to wear a mask, go for it. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't do it. Like, don't do it because I want you to be guilty, feel guilty because other people might get sick. Like, we're not doing that whole fear factor game. We're not doing that. So um, I don't want you to be downtown or let's say, because um, I can't think of anything that you would prohibit, any lawful behavior you would prohibit for COVID. Like, 
Um, you could say, I don't want more than, uh, you know, I, I don't want more than 150,000 of you all in the same spot. Like we just, we don't want massive COVID, you know, I mean, this is logical stuff. This is logical behavior. This is logical stuff. So you, you wouldn't be like, um, you know, you have to get a shot before you go to work. That's not, that's not within the governor's powers. He can't create law to prohibit. So he can't create a law in order to prohibit behavior. So that's the whole point here. What he was supposed to do is have his response, which is keeping us safe and protecting us from doing dumb shit. And then the legislature has their response. The legislature and the agencies together with the people create emergency laws to respond to the state of emergency. It's a bifurcated response. The governor keeps us safe. The people, the agencies, and the legislature come up with the laws, not the governor. The governor does not come up with these laws. He has the power to waive, suspend, and prohibit behavior that is already legal and already lawful in place. Everything that he is able to do is just a modification of laws that are currently enacted. He cannot create laws to prohibit. He cannot create a law that you mandatorily have to be vaccinated before you are employed or to be employed because that's creating a law in order to prohibit the behavior. He cannot do that. So I'll continue on with the uh, with the code because it gets better. It gets better. This is like these people that are creating this, whoever this was, these have to be older, older generations of the legislature that are creating this because these are completely protective of the people. This have the people in mind. And that's the opposite of what we're experiencing right now, okay? So the governor is not an agency. He cannot come up with any of these laws. He cannot make any of these laws. On top of that, a law created in an emergency doesn't take an effect until it is filed with the code revisor. And it can't remain in effect for longer than 120 days after filing it with the code revisor. They can't file identical or even similar new emergency laws in a sequence unless the conditions have changed. So basically what this is saying is that once you file a 120-day emergency law with the code revisor, you literally have to keep up with the incoming information in order to modify your new law that you would have to renew every 120 days to accommodate the current situation of the, say, SARS-CoV-2 infection. So for instance, instead of creating the blanket vaccination law, it would have been like the health department said, okay, for 120 days, we want everybody to be vaccinated. Everyone who can get vaccinated needs to be vaccinated within the 120 days. At the end of 120 days, we needed to see how the vaccination was affecting people and affecting the COVID virus. If that's what they're going to go off of primarily, we need to make sure that we primarily focus on that. So if you're going to go off just the vaccine, then we want to make sure that after 120 20 days, it's not killing anyone, and then it's actually stopping the transmission. So each 120 days, you would revisit the death rates and all the accurate information related to the vaccine instead of denying half and only absorbing half, okay? So that's how you would do that. Every 120 days, you would then retailor the law to reflect the current situation. So let's say it killed off a lot more people than we thought. We say, okay, well, it's not mandatory. Let's just make it, let's just say uh, that for this next 120 days, only people with severe um, immune disorders need to get the shot. Okay. Then we'll reevaluate 120 days and send it back in for approval and see if that 120 days works. Well, that's not what they're doing. So the thing about this is uh, still in this number two section, 
that if they, if these public agencies like the health department decide that, excuse me, they want to make the, uh, make this law, this new, like, let's say mandatory vaccination, if they want to make, make mandatory vaccination an actual law, they cannot bypass the legislative laws that are already enacted. They can't, the governor, for one, is not an agency. Two, if an agency makes a law like mandatory vaccination, they cannot bypass a legislative procedure in order to enact that for more than 120 days. So they're violating all of this. At this point, every single person is violating all of this. Every single person in the legislature, every single person in the agencies, and every single person in the governor executive offices are all acting like this law does not exist and they are all mandatorily held to it. This is a state law. This means any emergency laws can only be enacted for 120 days and any law that's intended to be made permanent needs to go through the legislature. They protected us. They knew this shit was coming. They were not stupid. They knew that these people will corral power and bring it to themselves. That's just the nature of man and denying that is uh, denying the nature of man is choosing to be blissfully ignorant. Okay. So I'm not even on number three because number three is the best part of all within seven days of the new emergency rule being adopted. Any person can petition the governor requesting an immediate repeal of the new emergency rule created by any department, which is under that list. Okay, that means the people have the power always, 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 always. The people in delegating their authority will always reserve the ultimate power to themselves. That's how shit goes. That's how it rolls. We are the power, not them. They execute the power that we give them. We delegate it to them. If you guys are not confident in this fact, they're going to know that and they'll eat you alive. You need to know this. This should there should never be a time where you question who is in charge. Okay? I, I, there should never be a time where you're unsure. It says in our codes all day long. Go to the uh, public records request codes. I kid you not, this stuff, it's, it's right there. They made it available to us so we can remind them. So if you haven't been there before, just type in RCW Public Records Act. And it'll bring up, I don't know what you use, but you're looking for 4256. You'll click on 40 RCW or revised code 4256. It'll pull up 4256 and there'll be a whole bunch under there. So you go 4256030, which is the construction. This is, remember I told you they're all in the same kind of format and they tell you why we're doing it, what's going on, the background. In construction, the people of this state do not yield their sovereignty to the agencies that serve them. Right now, we are yielding our sovereignty we need to take it back. We can't let it go. Once we let it go, it's gone. There's not going to be enough of us that even know this to even be able to take it back. So that's what I attempted to do when I filed the ethics complaint. I am taking our sovereignty back 
one goddamn person by one. And I started with Jay Inslee. So the people in delegating their authority do not give their public servants the right to decide what is good for the people to know and what is not good for them to know. So all of your agencies and public servants that decided it's good for you to know the vaccination rate and all the great things about vaccination, but don't think you should know the adverse event or death rate <laughs> in violation and believe that's who I'm coming for next. I'm going for Shaw. And I've got a whole 18 page list of violations that I need to square away and make look good. And he's next on my list. I'm telling you guys, we need to come from one by one. And the, the information, the cheat codes are in the damn RCWs and the WAC, WAX, Washington Administrative Code. If you guys surf through those, start surfing through them, start reading my blogs, figuring out how to read them, Ask me, you can email me at prosayallday at gmail.com, P-R-O-S-E-A-L-L-D-A-Y at gmail.com and ask me to break down a code and I will do that. I will do it for you. I'll do it for you and everybody else. So if someone wants a particular code broken down or if they're like, what does this mean? I look at it. I know how to read legal. I, I invested over $60,000 in my legal research skills I understand legal terms. I know what the hell is going on. I mean, there's no, there's no way for them to get out of breaking these rules. They, they broke them already. So regardless of whether the fact they're still exercising this tyrannical behavior on us now, they already done did it, which means they already going to be in trouble regardless. I mean, like, isn't this crazy, though? Because really what I just summed up was during the state of emergency, the governor has his duties to keep us away from danger and the public agencies have their duties to create emergency response laws. So those laws are only in effect for 120 days and the public agencies can't submit duplicates or even similar emergency laws when renewing them. The laws have to meet the current need and the people have seven days to tell the governor they don't like the law and the governor has to respond to us about whether he approves or denies our request and why. So, so literally... Literally, they did the shit backwards and didn't say nothing about it. And when uh, now Inslee knew, Inslee knew what he was doing because I was just talking to my friend about this earlier. And on the executive ethics board complaint that I typed up about Inslee, I put in there that he knew he deviated from the standard procedure because I'll show you guys um, under my complaint. I, if anybody wants a copy of the complaint, you can email me at prosayallday at gmail.com and request a copy and I'll give it to you. It's very amazing. I've gotten several compliments on it. Sometimes people like me don't know what the work is supposed to look like. So I'll review other people's work and I'll figure out, I'll do my own kind of in between, but um, I digress. So Inslee knows that he has uh, usurped the legislative power and the uh, individual agency power and brought it to himself and has kept it. Uh, he's aware of this malfeasance because he was specifically asked by a reporter on May 5th, 2021, 
in his press conference, if he was going to relinquish control back to the local health departments, and he had the audacity to reply, because when the state does it as a uniform, comprehensive approach, it has the moral force behind it. It's easier to seek compliance with. So basically, he's admitting the fact that he didn't follow statutory law, doesn't care about the fundamental fundamental principles of a state of emergency, and usurped the legislative power in order to force compliance, quote unquote, with a moral force behind it, quote unquote, instead of, you know, just following the law. I literally, I think I'm a little bit traumatized, to be honest, because this is not okay. This is a literal and legitimate example. This is like in your face, tyrannical behavior. This is not even hidden. This is, I think you're so stupid that you don't even know laws to be able to find out if I'm screwing up or not. This is, I'm so powerful. I don't even have to look up the laws to find out if I'm doing the right thing. This is entitlement and privilege at its utmost, which actually just basically identifies a level of incompetence that is something I've never encountered before. I mean, we've read because I read about medical malfeasance um, all day long, okay? And I have never, ever, ever read this level of complete uh, ineptitude, incompetence, and malfeasance that I am witnessing in our state legislator agencies and governor executive branch at this very moment. So I don't know about anybody else, but like this needs to get out there. You guys need to share this shit. You guys need to make sure that everybody knows exactly what they're doing. Because when we get our little one minutes on the goddamn agency meetings, we need to be asking them these questions. Hey, weren't you guys supposed to create emergency law according to the Administrative Law Act? And then cite the code. What you got to say? Let them know that we know the jig is up. We know y'all didn't do what you were supposed to do. We know that you did not follow the law. We know that shit. And let me tell you, if that was any of us, they don't even have to know that we're violating the law. They put us in jail before they've even verified we've we've violated the law. Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. Anybody who even is suspected of violating the law goes to jail first, and then you go to court to prove you didn't violate the law. Right now, these guys are walking around blatantly fucking violating the law and still walking around as if no one knows. Okay, this is actual legal violations. You're violating the statutes that you helped write, bro. What is going on? Okay, so I need to calm down. I'm on 100. I found this this morning and I've been on 100 ever since. So I feel sorry for my husband and uh, my friend because that's who I bounced it off off of first. (laughs) 
So, so you guys share this so everybody knows. If they have questions, have them email me, prosealldaye at gmail.com. We do no one favors by remaining stupid. We can no longer do that. We have to babysit. We are now babysitters. And everyone in the goddamn legislature, executive, and agencies needs to be fired. And that's my final word on this situation.